The difference between other countries and ours is that our documents don't give us any rights. Our document simply tells government when they're infringing on them. That white person that you see calling himself a liberal is the most dangerous thing in the entire Western Hemisphere. As Americans, we need to stop being so dependent in government. Government is not the solution. Government is actually the problem. I think you all know that I've always felt the nine most terrifying words in the English language are I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Welcome everyone, bienvenidos to another podcast for the Hispanics Lead Right, presented by the Republican National Hispanic Assembly of Florida. Welcome everyone to another episode of Hispanics Lead Right. I'm your host, Santiago Avila Jr., the Constitutional Conservative, and on this episode, we want to welcome our guest, Jose Castillo. Jose, how are you today, sir? I'm doing great, Santiago. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Jose, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, Santiago, I'm a a candidate for Congress. I'm a Republican running for Congress in Florida's District 9. Just so you know, Florida's District 9 is located in the heart of Central Florida is the southern part of uh, Greater Orlando. And uh, a little bit about myself, I was uh, born in New Orleans, Louisiana, but I was raised in Central America. And uh, I'm back here, you know, stateside, and I've been working in the hospitality industry for you know over a decade uh, right here in Central Florida in management, several different theme parks. Um, and, uh, you know, I've uh, just in the last two years, I actually ran for Congress in the last election. Okay. Fortunately, I did not did not win uh, that uh, that race, but uh, I'm I'm here again fighting because uh, we just can't afford to go the way our country's going right now. Absolutely. Let me let me ask you something. And uh, for the for those of you listening, this interview is going to go back and forth, and we're going to do English, Espanol, uh, a little bit of both. So, Jose, wh- why do you think it is that that you didn't, <clears throat> you know, win the primaries in the last election? Uh, was it a lack of of uh, funds? Was it a lack of uh, attention? Uh, La comunidad hispana no respondió lo suficiente. What, what are your thoughts? Well, it, it was a combination of things. You know, first of all, Santiago, I, I've never been in politics myself, right? So I, I came into this and, and uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a Republican, but I, I felt like, you know, there's always this talk about establishment, establishment candidates. And I felt like I don't want to be establishment con- uh, candidate. So I didn't want to rely so much on, 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 on a party. So then I'm not beholden to to, you know, uh, going to Congress and having to vote a way they want me to vote. First of all, I would never do that. So uh, I wasn't I, I didn't myself reach out as much to the party itself. At the same time, I don't think the party uh, provides support to the candidates to begin with. Um, okay. Even even, uh, for example, in my race, you know, uh, uh, the, the here in Florida, the Republican Party, uh, the officials in the party, the party itself, they're not allowed to endorse candidates until after the primary right and and to me that's a problem because yeah they're trying to play fair but in the end we're, we're shooting ourselves in the foot because sometimes we what we get is we get candidates who are not actual republicans you know they're the rhinos uh they're the ones who win the primaries and then we're, we get stuck with them and they get they win the primaries for many reasons you know sometimes it's because of money in my case that that had a, a huge influence you know and i like to tell people that i'm a constitutional conservative and i'll just give you an example like i believe i won the 
debates and uh, and uh, I got endorsements and I got I won straw polls. I'm gonna give you one example. In the in the one of the debates, they asked us how would we curtail government spending. Okay. Well, I said in a nutshell, uh, just to simplify it, I said in a nutshell, um, if we if we we're gonna keep printing money, we're never gonna stop government spending, right? So I said, yeah, we have to get rid of the Fed. When I said that, the moderators then proceeded to ask the other uh, candidates if they agreed with me. <clears throat> Two of them said, no, we don't agree, but we should audit the Fed. One candidate had no clue. He had no clue what the Fed is or what the Fed was. And and basically, that's the candidate that won the election, the, the wow. primary. Yes, exactly. And and the reason, you know, like uh, he wants because uh, he did hire like a political consultant, a fundraiser team. And, and um, you know, the, the candidate, although, you know, I believe... Uh, in my heart that he is a patriot and he loves this country he was not the best uh, candidate to to represent us in Congress but he's he's a veteran okay. and uh, he would send mailers to Americans in all 50 states saying hey I fought for this country I'm gonna fight for you and as you know Santiago for Republicans that is that is that's red meat you know so yeah so he was getting he was getting money uh, left and right from Americans all over the place and uh, he basically outspent all the other candidates, and and that's that's one of the reasons he won. Now, we also had, you know, we were in the middle of these Democrat lockdowns, and you know, lockdowns on all America, right? So I think we're party, still in the middle of that. Yeah, we're. St- <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> yes, exactly. we have an amazing governor that's uh, kind of kicking that can down the road. So, yes, 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 we're very lucky here in Florida. But uh, but basically, you know, I early on, before actually, before the pandemic started, right? I was telling the Republican Party, hey, can you please host a debate? Because I've heard the other candidate and it seems to me like he, he one, he would not have had a shot at, at winning, not only because of the demographics in my district, by the way, Santiago, uh, in, in my district, it's almost like 60% Hispanic population. Okay. And the, and the Democratic candidate is Hispanic. So and and just you know it doesn't re- relate to voters. Voters is about forty percent Hispanics because Hispanics tend to be a younger population. So not all of them are registered to vote also as well. But um but anyway so because of the demographics I didn't think that my opponent um the one who got, won the primary could win. But not only that I didn't think he was knowledgeable enough on issues about how our government operates and the Constitution. So I begged the Republican Party to host debates for us so that the voters would get to know us and say you know what i think that we ought to support jose but uh the republican party at that point didn't feel that we needed to do that they said um you know and and some of the things they would tell me is like you might not even qualify and i i I would tell them listen i already have the funds to qualify but they're like no we're gonna wait till after qualifying and you know qualifying there's a period in april where candidates have to it's a week in april where you have to qualify sure well what ha- what happened well we had the pandemic and then no one wanted to host a debate so we were having debates a month before the election and at that point it was almost like a little a, too little too late because then i was as i as i like to proclaim winning the debates and getting supports and funds started coming in but it was just too late at that time let's let's talk a little bit about who who um who's running on the democratic ticket Okay. Who is that? So the congressman uh, uh, who's the incumbent is uh, Democrat Darren Soto. And uh, just so you know, 
uh, Democrat uh, Darren Soto, he he has won three elections so far in our district. And uh, as a Democrat on the Democrat side, hold on, I don't mean to interrupt you, Jose. This is the same Darren Soto that said he would support uh, Puerto Rico 51 and has now turned his back on Puerto Rico 51 to support DC 51. Yeah, so that that's exactly right. You see, okay. um, he he likes to throw that out there that he supports Puerto Rican statehood because a lot of the people in our district are Puerto Ricans, right? And and uh, he likes to get their support. He panders to them, and uh, he knows that a lot of them are pro statehood. But the moment that you know Democrats are in office right now, they're, they're they have the House, they have the Senate, they have the White House. Um, instead of saying, "Hey, let's go for Puerto Rico statehood," he he likes to bundle it, as I say, with D.C. statehood, which we know will never pass because it's unconstitutional. Right. So, so, so para lo que están escuchando ahorita, para, para nuestros hermanos puertorriqueños que son americanos, eh, Darren Soto está <coughs> lo que lo que nosotros dice, eh, llamamos pandering a la comunidad boricua. ¿Por qué? Porque la comunidad boricua es una de las comunidades más grandes en el centro de la Florida. Eh, él dice que él está for, uh, para hacer a Puerto Rico un estado y estamos viendo a, a Darren Soto darle la espalda a, esa, a esos eh, compromisos que él hizo. ¿Por qué? I'm going to explain to you right now why. There's been a couple of uh, polls that have been done that say that if Puerto Rico was to become a state, that not necessarily Puerto Ricans would register as Democrats. Neither as Republicans. Most would probably register as independents. That's why you see a Partido Democrata back off the Puerto Rico statehood. As a matter of fact, AOC just introduced a bill uh, trying to give independence to Puerto Rico, which is not what the island has been voting for. So, Jose, please continue. Yeah, so basically, I don't know if you remember those cartoons where, uh, you know, they have a donkey with a little carrot in the front just dangling right in front so that you can keep trying to get the carrot and, and you're never going to get it yeah right that's exactly what darren soto does with uh dc statehood uh he knows that uh, i mean with puerto rico statehood um he likes to do press conference saying hey i'm gonna do puerto rico statehood in you know so many days and 60 days and 30 days i'm gonna do puerto rico and he likes that press conference he gets all this attention then he flies to puerto rico to get uh fundraising dollars only to come back down uh, back to the states and then say hey i'm gonna bundle it with these statehood so it never passes wow. um and, and it's unfortunate because he just he keeps winning that way but uh but like i was i was, I was telling you he has uh won three elections now in the first two elections he ran um he had democratic challengers actually and the only reason he won is because he won the hispanic vote there's a huge hispanic vote in He is Hispanic. I think his father is Hispanic. So uh, obviously his last name. So that's the only reason he wins. I don't think Darren Soto could win an election in any other district anywhere in the U.S. other than this one. Uh, he's lucky he's here. But uh, but he's not lucky that I'm running for Congress. So, you know, I'm running and I've learned a lot in the last election. Uh, he's not going to be so lucky this, this time around. Let me ask you something, Jose. <clears throat> obviously, you live in a district uh, that has employers like Disney, SeaWorld, Uh, Universal Studios, uh, they've been hit very hard because of this uh, pandemic, right? They've done a lot of layoffs. I know many people, I believe, including yourself, um, that, that were laid off. And some people have been rehired. Others have not. 
Others have been replaced with uh, newer people that they pay less wages to, which I believe is completely unfair. But uh, what what would you do differently? What would have you done differently? What would a Castillo, a, a Congressman Castillo uh, effort look like to help those people in your district? Because at the end of the day, this is what people need to understand. People in Congress are not our leaders. People in Congress are our representatives because we're we live in a representative form of government. This is a constitutional uh, republic. So tell us, uh, Jose, what what would be the difference between you and and uh, Congressman Darren Soto? Yeah. So uh, let me just um, just clarify a few things. So yes, um, our congressman, we are basically paying him a salary to go to Washington and look out for us, right? And that's something that Darren Soto has forgotten. Um, so yes, I actually, I worked for Disney for 14 years on December 4th. They laid off, uh, 32,000 employees, uh, including myself. Uh, luckily Santiago, just this last week, I actually, um, started back at Disney. They called me back because the, you know, uh, they're reopening a lot of their properties and a uh, business is picking up and, you know, Florida's leading the way on that. So, um, so I'm, I, I'm, I'm so thankful that I am, uh, employed back at, at, at Disney. I know that so many families in our district are struggling uh, still with unemployment. And even if they found jobs, uh, it's probably for lower wages at this point. And uh, it's just a shame that our Congressman Darren Soto to this day has yet, even though we're leading the state in unemployment, my, our district leads the state in unemployment, he has yet to call for an end of the Democrat lockdown on America. And uh, I'm going to tell you what I would do differently. In the, in the last election, one of the reasons I started to run for office was, I don't know if you remember, but President, well, I'm sure you do. President Donald Trump had the best economy of my lifetime, right? The lowest unemployment ever for Hispanics, for Blacks, for Asian Americans, really Americans of all races and colors and creeds. Uh, we had the best economy ever. And I noticed that here in Central Florida and everywhere I went, I would talk to people, even at work, I would talk to people. And I would ask him how they're doing. People tell me, instead of saying, I'm doing great, how are you? People would tell me I'm tired. They would say that, I'm tired. And it, it would just shock me when people were so honest telling me they're tired. People would come into work where I, at my workplace and they would say, hey, can I get uh, some extra hours today? And uh, I would notice that they were already coming in with their coffee in their hand and their energy drinks in their hand. And I would I would talk to them, hey, listen, what's going on? Why do you, you, know, why do you need extra hours and why are you so tired? And people would tell me, I've been working uh, several shifts this week. I, ha I have done doubles or I, I work at my other job. You know, after I clock out of here, I got to go to my other job. Even even uh, members of management, uh, they would get off of work and they would go to Uber and Lyft just to get additional income. And I was wow. thinking like, wait a minute, we have the best economy in the world the world right now uh, in, in our history. Wages should be going up. They should be going up. Sure. But they were they were not in our district. Right. And I was like, why is it? Well, it, it, it's very easy to explain, Santiago. When you have a, a booming economy, but Democrats are keeping the border open, that becomes a magnet for illegal immigrants looking for for work, right? And they were coming into our, our, our community and they were taking American jobs and they were keeping helping keep wages low, right? So, so what happens when wages are low? Well, then now you have to work longer hours, um, you know, and I would talk to people, they would tell me, hey, listen, uh, when I go home, I, after work, I got to help my wife with the kids because 
she has two jobs as well. So I have two jobs, she has two jobs, and I had got to help my wife with the kids. And I was like, that's going to be really tough in my mind. I was thinking this because I had one job, right? And and, um, and, I, and it's tough enough. We have one child at home. We both have one job and it's, it's tough enough. I couldn't imagine having both of us two jobs and, and still trying to take care of our daughter. And and I started thinking about that because Congressman Soto, he, he had a press conference where back then he said that the president's policies were separating families at the border. So I just started thinking about that. Wait a minute. We're working longer hours, multiple jobs. We're not at home making healthy home-cooked meals for ourselves or for our children. We're not at home helping our kids with their schooling. So no matter how much money you put into the schools, it's just not going to work if the parents aren't involved. We're not at home uh, working on our relationships with our spouses. So you know that the families are deteriorating. Uh, And we're not at home passing on our family values that our parents gave to us to our children. So back then I wanted to say to him, that it's his policies that are separating families right here in our district. And and I hope I get the chance. But um, later on, when we had the pandemic, I started telling people, listen, um, the wall is going to be more important than ever now. And I'm going to tell you why, Santiago. Um, I told you that I was born here, but I was raised in Central Let, America. Let's, let's do something really quick, Jose. I don't mean yep. to cut you off. Let's. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a commercial break right now. We, we need to get in a word from one of our sponsors. So uh, let's go ahead and take the break now. And we'll uh, be back with Jose Castillo, who's running for U.S. Congress. And we are back with Jose Castillo. He's running for U.S. Congress. Uh, Jose, you started talking a little bit about uh, uh, the border and some of the the issues that, you know, uh, Darren Soto, Congressman Darren Soto uh, was saying about former President Trump. Uh, But let's talk a little bit about what's happening today, right? Um, You know, we we obviously have another president now, uh, President Joe Biden. And um, if I'm not mistaken, I was I was looking at some information, as a matter of fact, and uh, I believe that under President Trump, the most kids that were in quote unquote cages was about 2,400. And right now, currently, we sit here speaking with each other with over 12,000 kids in these so-called cages. Um, where's Congressman uh, Darren Soto's outrage? Where is the Democratic Party's outrage, uh, the Eva Longoria's, uh, the George Lopez's, the Luis Fonsi's. I mean, is it that the information um, le está llegando despacito a ello, or, or what's going on? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, he's not allowed to be outraged, but uh, his uh, leader, Nancy Pelosi, will not allow him. You see, Darren Soto, he, like I told you earlier, he forgot that he's representing us. He thinks he's there working for her. She's his boss and she, he reports to her. So unfortunately, he's not allowed to have an opinion. So even if deep down in his heart, he is outraged, he will never express that, uh, which is very unfortunate, uh, Santiago. Uh, and you're right. You know, uh, the other day I saw this video. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. It was maybe like two, three days ago. These smugglers uh, basically throwing down the side of the wall, over the wall, two little girls, a, a five-year-old and a three-year-old from the uh, top of yes, the wall. I saw that. Um, and they just left them right there, abandoned in the desert. And uh, I mean, I mean, seriously, um, you know, that's criminal. 
And uh, it broke my heart to see that because I have a three-year-old, right? And uh, I would never want my daughter in harm's way. I just can't imagine. Um, and, and, and this is a, this is the issue, you know, like the fact that a matter that Democrats have for years advocated against border security, right? They keep saying when we were trying to build the wall, they kept saying that it was, the, oh, they wanted more technology. They wanted cameras and drones and sensors, but they're, they're in power right now, Santiago. They have the House, they have the Senate, and they have not drafted one single bill about border security. So they really don't care about it, right? And um, even, even back in the day, I remember when I said they were going to go do a raid of illegal immigrants whose asylum claims had been denied because we found out that they had a, a criminal past and we don't want them here in the, in the States. Well, guess what? Darren Soto put a, a statement telling them how to evade ICE, what exactly to do to evade ICE. Wow. And, and to me, that's just crazy. How would you, how do you do that? You know, ICE is telling you, we're going to go apprehend illegal immigrants who we vetted already and we found out they have a criminal history. We don't want them here. And he puts a statement to them telling them how to escape. Basically, what, what would you do different, Jose? What what would you try to do as far as immigration? Could look, could, because look, th this is obviously an issue, right? We have a huge crisis right now at our borders. Um, the Democrats always use the immigration card to to get at us Hispanics because they automatically think that. Hispanics number one priority is immigration. It's not. It's extremely important, but it's not our number one priority, right? Unfortunately, Republicans, they they never really do anything about any type of immigration reform because they just think that they'll never get the Hispanic vote. So you have one party that takes us for granted and the other party it doesn't try. And neither realize that, you know, we're not a monolithic group. I mean, we're not just bundled all in, into one section. There's nothing that I dislike more when I listen to uh, people from the Democratic Party talk about, well, we need more Hispanics because they do the jobs that other Americans don't want to do. Let me tell you something. Look, while picking potatoes and, 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 and tomatoes for, uh, you know, Mickey D's, Birkin, whatever, uh, is, is an honorable job. We don't all do that. Yes, there are Hispanics that are attorneys. There are Hispanics that are small business owners, entrepreneurs. Uh we're not just bundled into one group of people. So it's it's kind of insulting to hear the stupidity that, that spews out of their mouths. So what would you do different to help bring some type of immigration reform that is not going to be something that's considered like uh, uh, like the Gang of Eight or something like that, but something that will help Americans? All right. So, so let me be uh, clear first. So uh, one, if you go to my website, joseforflorida.com, Okay. And you go on the top and it says issues and you click where it says illegal immigration and you scroll all the way down to the bottom. You're going to find right there that I put out a, a press release with a six point plan on how to help uh, immigration. I think there's two sides of the equation. I think we have to make it harder for people to come here illegally and we need to make it easier for people to come here legally. Right. So um, I did say that um, because of the covid um, pandemic and, and how it affected not just our economy but Latin America that the border wall is going to be more essential now than ever because if you think that you know we have unemployment here uh, you should see Latin America you know they're going to have a huge recession huge unemployment and their unemployment plan is to come here and take our jobs so you're so in the, favor of completing the border wall absolutely yes absolutely we need to secure a border by building the wall okay um, other parts of my plan were to basically 
um, you know, there's a lot of people applying for asylum and they're coming here and basically everyone's saying, I need asylum. I need asylum, whether they need it or not. They get a hearing and most people don't even show up to their hearings, right? So I think we need to reduce fraud by requiring uh, basically people to apply for asylum uh, in their in their home countries or in a third country. If you're not safe in your country, well, by all means, go to the next country over and apply for asylum there, right? Um, I think that the asylum hearings need to be uh, expedited. And uh, and just so you know, Santiago, what what year? Look, we're doing this podcast. Is this going online, Santiago? Right? Yeah. It's 2021. So why can't so, you know? Just you know the dangers that uh, illegal immigrants put themselves <clears throat> through when they're going through the Mexican desert that's controlled by cartels, sure. right? Yeah. So so why can't they do uh, asylum applications from the safety of their home? You know, a lot of them are coming over, going on social media on their cell phones, on their iPhones. Uh, you know, so they, they could very well connect with our embassies in their home countries and apply for asylum. It's 2021. You know, if we're doing this, they could, they can certainly do that. Um, I also think that we need to ex- try to expedite natural naturalization process for legal immigrants. I have friends that I, I, I went to college with. Santiago, I, I started college in 2001, graduated in 2005. And uh, I have friends that just now got their citizenship. Wow, and it's like it's 2021. You know what I mean? It's it's just crazy. The, the the process it just takes forever. So it's almost like a discourager to you know why should I do this? It's going to probably be easier to you, you, know, you know come in here like, legally. Yeah, I believe that one of the issues that we face with our immigration today is also that it's very who you know based, right? Who are you married to? Who's your relative? And, and that's one of the fa- that's one of the things that does need to be changed in our immigration process, right? Instead of it being a relationship-based immigration where, okay, you married an American and uh, now you become a U.S. citizen and then you can claim your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother. It should be more of a merit-based immigration system. You know, what are you going to offer this country? Uh, are you going to start a business? There's There's so many people that I know right now that would want to come to America, start a business, employ in the beginning, maybe 10, 15 people, but, you know, be able to exponentially grow to be able to employ 40, 50, 100 people. But they're not able to do that because, like you said, there's huge long lines, uh, you know, for them to wait. And on top of that, uh, they're they're not in a relationship with somebody else. Sometimes uh, it's something that actually creates fraud, right? Because... What are they doing? They, they see themselves forced to have having to marry an American in order to come into the country. So I think that's one of the things that does need to be uh, changed within our immigration system as well. What, what do you think about that? No, absolutely. Uh, our, our immigration laws, sometimes I think they're like upside down. Uh, I ran into uh, um, a few girls that were uh, working here in the States in uh, this thing called au pair. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, Santiago, but it's basically like almost like a living nanny. And, um, you know, they, 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 they're they hired from other countries because they come and they, they're they basically the nanny to your children, but they teach them a foreign language. So so a lot of them come from France, from Germany, uh, Switzerland, and, and many other places, right? Okay. So they, they come here and they work legally. and But after two years, they have to go back home and even if you want to continue employing them, they can't. They cannot work here. They have to stay a year in their home country and then reapply. And it's just like, why? You know, like, uh, 
they, they came here legally. They're working. Uh, there's American families that want to hire them. And um, it just doesn't make any sense, you know, like, uh, so anyways, in, in, instead what we're doing is we're trying to do amnesty for illegal immigrants, people who, cut, who just walked in here illegally. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. Now, I know that a lot of people on the left, Santiago, what they like to say is that, well, most illegal immigrants are coming here through overstay visas. They, they like to say that they're not coming in through the border, which I, I don't believe that for a second. But, uh, but part of my plan included one, eliminating lottery visas, we just give, you know, we give out visas sure, yes. random, randomly, yeah. randomly through a lottery, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, like you were saying, it should be more merit based than just like randomly. Um, and the other thing is that we, I think if we start rewarding countries that have less visa overstays and, and taking away some of the visas that we allocate to countries that have a lot of overstays, and I think eventually that problem will solve itself. That's a great concept. Let's do this. Uh, we're going to go into our last commercial break. And then when we come back, um, I want to talk to you a little bit, Jose, about voter ID. So uh, let's stay tuned for a word from one of our sponsors. Hola y bienvenidos a Hispanics Lead Right, a presentation of Republican National Hispanic Assembly of Florida. The Republican National Hispanic Assembly of Florida would like to invite you to the 2021 RNHA of Florida Convention on October 2nd. We have great speakers like Scott Pressler, Abraham Enriquez, Armando Escalante, Caitlin Bennett, and Chris Ann Hall. We will also be announcing our keynote speaker soon. We will have live music courtesy of I-95 Entertainment. For more information on tickets or how to become a sponsor, please visit us at rnhafl.org. And we are back with Jose Castillo, who's running for U.S. Congress. Uh, before we uh, went on our break, we... Uh, I mentioned that I wanted to talk to Jose a little bit about voter IDs. We were talking a little bit about immigration, which I think it's a great subject and something that needs to be uh, worked on in Congress. Uh, Jose, let's talk a little bit about voter IDs, right? Um, right now, we hear a lot of these politicians talk about how voter, how using a, a driver's license or some type of uh, identification is is somewhat racist right because oh my god minorities are, are not able to get a driver's license uh yet in order to uh cash a check you know you need a driver's license or some type of id in order to get covid your covid vaccination you need some type of identification uh they require ids for a lot of things so i mean do do these politicians think that uh, as Hispanics, we're, we're dumb, we're stupid, or, or we're incapable of, of, you know, going online like Joe Biden said and, and you know, signing up for, for, for something. I mean, what, what is so wrong about having a driver's license or an identification card to go to vote? Santiago, it's just, uh, they're just trying to throw something at the wall and see, see what sticks. You know, this, this whole racism thing. Uh, they think it's gonna this is gonna stick. I mean, it's just absurd. You know, like you can, it's very it's very easily to get go get a a driver's license. And you know what? There might be some instances where 
you might not be you might be in a situation yourself where it's going to be a little bit harder for you to get it i can give you one example uh, i knew uh, of someone who was uh you know trying to got a job and then they were they were supposed to go get a, a drug test right um their wallet was stolen but in the meantime they had recently moved down here to like central florida to escape the lockdown in their pre in their home state uh -huh. so they moved to central florida and they were living in a in a hotel right so if you're living in a hotel you you don't have a um a water bill or an electric bill so it's hard for you to establish a domicile from you know basically if you're trying to go get an id so but so that person was struggling how do i do this you know i'm now here in florida i'm in a hotel i don't i haven't uh, leased a home or uh how do i get an id so but those cases are going to be you know far and few in between right um democrats are trying to say that establishing voter id laws is going to disenfranchise basically the masses and that's just completely false um you know what uh georgia just passed this new uh um voter integrity uh, uh sorry election integrity law right yes and yes. uh major league baseball is removing their all-star game from atlanta in protest but uh it, as it turns out major league baseball their headquarters are in the state of new york and uh, new york has tougher election laws than 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 georgia so it's just it's just absurd it's just they're just trying to throw something at the wall hope it sticks And if they say it long enough, it's going to, you know, hopefully people will run with it and they'll believe that that uh, falsehood. And to touch and to touch up on that subject, I know that Delta Airlines also came out and criticized the, the Georgia, uh, the new Georgia law. Right. Um, I, I don't agree with every single thing in there because this whole water not giving people water. I think that's a little that, that's a little bit stupid. Um, they took it to an extreme that didn't need to go there. But either way, I mean, most people wait in line about 15 minutes max. Um, and, and some of us go prepared. Like when I go to vote, I always go early. I go in person. Uh, I know a lot of people that love voting the day of voting because this is an American tradition. And look, I respect that as well. But I also know that those people tend to bring their water bottles. They tend to, you know, be prepared. Uh, <clears throat> but when I hear companies like Delta who are taking huge tax breaks from uh, states like Georgia uh, and they say, well, you know, having an ID is, is so disenfranchising people. Let me tell you something. I don't remember when it was the last time that I went on an airplane that did not require me to provide an identification whether it's an ID or a driver's license or a passport. Whenever I go to board a plane, the first thing that they do before I board that plane, they ask me for identification. So I asked Delta Airlines, right? Are you guys gonna change your policies because I'm Hispanic and you're asking me for an ID to board your plane? I don't think so, right? Because it's a requirement uh, after what happened with 9-11. So, Uh, we need to learn how to tone it back down. Stick to stick to you know flying air, airplanes and stick to to, to airplanes and, and 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 things of that nature, and uh, let we the people uh, concentrate on electing uh, people that realize that they're there to represent us. Yeah, Santiago, you said that you you sometimes go early or you know you prepare yourself uh, ahead of time. Absolutely. Well, just just so you know, uh, in New York there are 10 days of early voting. That's where the major league baseball is. Well, in Georgia, it's 17 days of early voting. Wow, that's a lot so, of time. So, so, yeah, so you, you have time to go vote, right? And um, just so you know, I've never thought, let me go vote. Well, hold on, let me let me pack some water. Or, you know, oh my God, there's not going to be water. I'm not going to go vote. I've never, that's never even been a question in my mind. You know <laughs> what I mean? So, 
it's like all they're make, they're just making excuses, uh, you know, and and they're just trying to hopefully this sticks on the wall, and uh, they're able to keep uh, people voting, uh, you know, based on misinformation for Democrats. But uh, but we have to fight on our side. You know, we can't just uh, back down from uh, you know these uh, liberal companies trying to. Uh, you know, basically stomp on our rights. So, no, we're going to so, fight. Jose, can you tell our listeners right now where they can find more information on Jose Castillo, what district you're running in, uh, if you even know when your primaries are going to be? Um, you know, do you have a website? Do you have a phone number? Are, are you on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Parler? Give us information. Yes, uh, you can visit my website, which is joseforflorida.com. And uh, it's J-O-S-E-F-O-R-F-L-O-R-I-D-A.com. Uh, also, if you're looking for me on social media, pretty much any of the social medias, you can just type Jose for Florida with no spaces and uh, you will find me. You could also type Jose for Con- Jose Castillo for Congress and you will find me. Um, you can email me at Jose at Jose for uh, But if you would like to chat, Uh, there's two options. You could either call me at 321-325-0035, or if you go to my Facebook page, you'll see that we we constantly have uh, little events at small coffee shops uh, throughout the district. The Our district, District 9, is, is pretty big. It includes all of Osceola County, uh, most of Polk County, and the southern part of Orange County. So we go to several different little coffee shops in different cities, just so that we can get to meet you if you have questions about our campaign and how you can help us out. Uh, and we like to do that often. A lot, a lot of people show up and, and uh, they're intrigued and they want to learn more about, uh, you know, uh, also how to get rid of Darren Soto because they're just fed up. <laughs> you know, I was I was actually surprised and I, and I apologize. I got a little taken back. Did you actually give out your phone number? Yes. yes. Folks, when was the last time you heard Darren Soto go on any type of uh, podcast, radio, TV, and give out his phone number. That is what you call the representative of and for the people, folks. I, I applaud you for doing that, Jose. It, it really means uh, it means a lot uh, to people like me who care about this country. Uh, well, Jose, look, we, we appreciate you being on uh, Hispanics Lead Right. Uh, what, are you going to be having another uh, Cafecito with Jose event uh, anytime soon? Yes, uh, we're, we're looking right now in two places. We're looking in, uh, to have one in St. Cloud sometime uh, probably next week. We It's usually on the weekends on Saturdays. Okay. Um, and we're looking to have one in Celebration also uh, coming soon. I, um, I saw that you just had one. Uh, can you give us the name of the business where you just had one in? Yeah, we had one. Uh, we had two, actually. Okay. We had one at uh, Borikin in uh, uh, Plaza del Sol in Kissimmee. Okay. Uh, and, and by the way, they don't only have uh, good cafecitos. I love going there and eating a uh, tripleta. I don't know if you've ever had one wow. Santiago, but but you have to go there and try their tripleta, okay? And then uh, the other place we had one in Sweet Enid in uh, Haines City. Okay. Uh, and this was just yesterday, actually. So, yep. Okay, great. So, a uh, quick little shout out to Emilio and Matisse from Borican. Uh, they are located in Plaza del Sol in Kissimmee. They have great food, great coffee, great atmosphere. They're two amazing people. Uh, and, and let's go in and support local businesses, right? They care about their country. Uh, unfortunately, liberals try to go to their place of business and, 
and, and heckle them and things, but they remain respectful. They offer their services. So we want to, you know, take a minute here and uh, plug them in and say thank you for, for everything you guys are doing. Uh, look them up on, on Facebook as well. They're Borican. And uh, thank you very much again, Jose. Thank you for taking the time to come here and, and talk to us. And Santiago, I, at Borican, I always mention that to the owners uh, there that, uh, you know, their tripleta is the best. And I always tell them that they, if they ever invite uh, Darren Soto, because he's a fake Puerto Rican, to a tripleta, <laughs> uh, he's going to think that they're offering him three hamburgers. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, folks, <clears throat> thank you very much again, Jose. I hope you have an amazing week. Folks, that is this week's episode of Hispanics Lead Right Podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thank you for, for listening. God bless you. God bless these United States of America. And I hope everybody has an amazing time. Bendiciones.